This is the Roaring Elephant podcast from the 22nd of May, 2018. A podcast about Apache Hadoop and the surrounding ecosystem. For anyone working with or investigating big data and advanced analytics. My name is Dave, and here is my dashboarding co-host, Jon. Hey Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Are you excited? Uh, about my dashboard? Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> it, it's more the subject of the dashboard I was asking about, but okay. okay. Excited <laughs> about a dashboard is fine as well. And I'm also excited for VJ, who has uh, accepted his prize and should be packing his bags now. Indeed, indeed. Our, our award-winning... Uh, prize-winning. Prize-winning. Well, We're not giving award. out awards yet, are we? The award for winning the prize, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> is there a award for giving out the prize then? And we have an award. Oh, it sounds good to me. Anyway, let's uh, move on, because I think we have a long uh, session going on today. It seems like it could well be. So, yeah, we have uh, our topic this particular session is the DataWorks Summit San Jose. And as those that are, have been with us for a little while are familiar, we often like to run through the agenda and give some comments on our, our sort of picks of sessions as to what we think would be uh, a, a good one to attend. And uh, this year is no different. Yeah, now we're just uh, almost fresh off the Berlin one. So we have some uh, sessions that will appear both in the San Jose and in the Berlin one, although we didn't find that many um, similarities, to be honest. Now, because we were going to do this session, I took it on myself to make a new dashboard for the San Jose uh, sessions as well. So if uh, people have looked at my dashboard for the Berlin one, well, there's one for San Jose now as well. Pretty much the same URL. It's uh, aka.ms slash TWS2018SJ. Stands for us, San Jose, of course. Links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. And I've also put a tweet out there. I mean, when I do uh, when I do work, I want people to know about it. It doesn't happen often, so I'll make sure I get the full box out of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I also decided to make this a bit more automated this time. Last time I typed it all over by hand, which was getting old very soon. And now this time I uh, took my science, uh, data science skills to hand and took Python and made a script that uh, pretty much, I don't know, I guess refactored the website Screen back scraped. to its uh, <laughs> original data file. So we should be able to put uh, faster updates uh, on as well, which is a good thing because when I put this on, on the 15th, it had 139 sessions, and now only a couple of days later, when recording this on a Friday, it's uh, up to 151. So there's still a lot of sessions being added. So we'll do our best to give good, uh, yeah, good picks here. But uh, agenda is still changing. So and is packed. It's absolutely packed. Yeah, that's one good thing, I guess. I mean, considering all the slots are pretty much filled in, there's not that much change they can still do. So at least yeah. not that many more they can add in there. But uh, if you just uh, compare the uh, Berlin and San Jose one, I mean, the amount of sessions are already hugely different. I mean, Berlin had 82 sessions, San Jose has 151. And I know that we've been talking about this uh, uh, amongst ourselves, let's say, and I said that I wouldn't really go to the US because it's a lot of hassle. And you told me, yeah, but it's a bigger event. It's more interesting. It's, um, yeah, I guess if you look at the quantity, then definitely South is winning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's nearly, not quite, but it's nearly double the number of yeah, sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's also yeah. an extra half a day. So it's two days and a half full uh, yeah. full conference. It's more time and yeah, a lot more tracks as well. Not more tracks, but a lot more uh, simultaneous sessions. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I also see a lot less business-oriented sessions, which I like very much. If I compare the two, on Berlin, it was like 50% business and, well, 
if I have 150% total, <laughs> let's say differently, one third business, two thirds technical. While yeah. here it's, uh, I don't know, maybe 80% technical. So that's, uh, that's also good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would agree with the, the percentages, but sure. The, um, it, you, there's definitely more technical sessions, significantly more technical sessions as a percentage at San Jose, yeah. definitely. Well, actually, there's the exact same amount of business sessions now, 25. or 25 mm-hmm. business sessions at Berlin, or 25 now at San Jose, but where you mm-hmm. had only, uh, let's see what the dice says, 57 technicals, you now have 126 technicals. So yeah, it's a big difference. Indeed. Also, the... So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so the... I mean, the, for me, the biggest change is it's just the sheer variety of, of organizations presenting. The, the thing that I picked out, you know, when I was running through the sessions, and this, I'm kind of curious to what you think about this, because this could just be my somewhat uh, tinted view, but I've, I thought there were a lot of um, telcos presenting this year. It seemed like... Um, not quite nearly every slot, but you know every other slot there was a, a telco presenting on something that they were doing. Uh, I thought that was kind of fairly interesting. There's also there are some sessions on kind of GDPR related stuff, but it's not it's not quite as um, at the forefront as perhaps it was at uh, at Berlin. Uh, it's going to be the same as in Berlin. While you're right, in Berlin there were a couple of more that had GDPR actually in the title slot. Sorry, in the title uh, of this session. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that here as well, almost every session will have something on GDPR in it. Yeah, very likely. It's, it, it's moved, I think it's moved on from being a topic to being part of every topic now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, could, so well, that's be. A difference. could well be. And considering the telcos, yeah, I don't, I'm not in a telco business myself, uh, not as much as you are, so I didn't really notice that, to be honest. But then again, I don't really look at the uh, companies that much. I've primarily looked at the session titles now to decide if it's interesting or not and then looked at who gave it. So maybe I'm just... But you're right, I do see Verizon, Comcast. Uh, if I just look at the first part of the the the, uh, the organization, so the ones that give more than one session. Yeah. Then, yeah, if you've got uh, two there already. And Coxcom yeah, is also one, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, all of these companies I don't even know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's all it's all looking good, and it's nice to see um, um, Oath representing as well. Oh, you know them because I do uh, three sessions now. I think I don't really. Uh, you know them as well. I do. You do. They're the it's the rebranded name for uh, Yahoo, or at least chunk of Yahoo. Oh yeah, that's yeah. There's one session said Oath by one for one person and Yahoo for a second person or something. Although there is still one session by Yahoo themselves. Yeah, no longer exists, my friend. Because well, they, <laughs> they have a session on the 21st at 9.30 called Data Sketch-Based Aggregation and Windowing Streaming Query System. Just showing you the power of my dashboard, how fast I could find that. <laughs> no, indeed. Unfortunately, they, they no longer exist. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I agree. They, That's interesting. Because I kind of did uh, change the... I fudged the data a little bit, making all of the uh, IBM different, uh, corp, uh, different um, departments into one IBM uh, session hoster and all of the Googles in one and all the Ubers in one. So yeah. maybe we should uh, join the OAuth and the what? I think probably should do, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's good news. 
It's good news. Yeah, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, a really, hopefully, an enlightening and useful dashboard for everybody. So it'll be, uh, we'll obviously be publicizing it further as we uh, get closer and closer to the event. But it's, mm. a, it's a really neat way to, to visualize kind of overall what's happening. Yeah, and also for people, if you look at it, it's a Power BI dashboard, so you can click on everything, right-click on things, will give you possibilities to dig down into the data and stuff. So uh, you should be able to get more of it than just looking at it. Uh, one thing that actually does jump into, that I want to talk about here, is that the focus has also changed from Berlin. Well, in Berlin, the most sessions were on data warehousing operations. In San Jose, artificial intelligence and data, let me mouse over that so I can see it, and data science is the uh, biggest uh, chunk of sessions followed by data processing and data warehousing. Yeah, I mean, it's... So in some cases, I would say it, it's a sign of the maturity of the audience and the you know the yeah, people attending, but it's also it's 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 not a massive difference in terms of uh, the numbers. The I mean the 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 first the first three basically are all the same. The, the, the first three are all in there. They're just in a slightly different order, um, and after that, it kind of it kind of yep. varies a bit, but. The, the, the first three in Berlin made up just under half of the sessions, and the first three make up just over half at San Jose. So yeah. that's that's artificial intelligence and data science, uh, data processing and warehousing, and IoT and streaming. Which also are the three basic yeah, core things that big yeah. data gives you, right? Yeah, yeah. The governance I think the, uh, same same size. Yeah, and the, the other thing that's kind of interesting to your earlier point of um, fewer business talks is the enterprise adoption, which is exactly what you expect. You know, it's primarily business focused. You know, in Berlin, that was a, a decent chunk, and that's kind of you know relegated to a, a far smaller uh, percentage. Although, you know, overall, it's still it's still kind of thirty one sessions, which is actually. Um, it's it's three times as many sessions as there were in Berlin, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting viewing it kind of the different yeah. ways. Yeah, and of course uh, I have to mention this that cybersecurity is still the, the the orphan of the pack, right? The least amount of sessions there. Somebody's not doing his job there, baby. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? There's still four sessions, and they will be the best sessions of the entire summit. <laughs> and we've got a crash course, but more on that later. Yeah, true. Actually, the five sessions is for technical and a and a business. Mm-hmm. It only comes up as four on your. Uh... Now, if you mouse over, you mouse over the green or the red part, and it shows the number for the green or the red part. Uh, so, uh, I was looking at the pie chart actually, which only shows four, regardless of. Uh... Uh... So I think your dashboard has a glitch. <laughs> There's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> No, it's just five. I have cybersecurity count of type five, three point five. Ah, wait a minute. No, different. Uh, <laughs> different you have to section. make sure that you can't move your mouse across the the blocks. You have to move from outside the graph into the one of the pie chart sections or something to make sure it updates it correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a bit depending on your screen size, also very a bit. Uh, so the smaller pie charts, it's hard to really put your mouse cursor in the correct part yeah. there. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. So hopefully we will uh, we will make more noise about this as we get closer. Yeah, and it, since this is now automatically generated, if you do find a mistake or an error somewhere, let me know, and I'll uh, adapt and change and correct. Indeed. Uh, 
with that, are we ready to go? Yeah, let's go to the uh, summit agenda itself. So it's uh, three days. Yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the Monday they have some... Oh, yeah, first thing, maybe also mention the fact that on the Monday there's the H-Space well, I mean, Con and Phoenix Con. Before that, there's even before on that Sunday, even. there's the Sunday there's training. Yeah, but who's just training on Sunday? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> day of rest, day of rest. But, yeah, you're right. Monday, H-Base Con and Phoenix Con. So, uh, yeah, if you're... Uh, Interested in that, uh, you know, come a day early and uh, immerse yourself in all things H Base and Phoenix. Yeah, it's apparently it's part of the entry ticket anyway, so you don't mm. lose much by uh, attending. The, their agenda is online too. We're not going to go over them, but I put the uh, I will put the URLs in the show notes. Yeah, uh, it's not as packed. They only have a couple of sessions uh, simultaneously, so it's not that. It's a good ease into a conference this way i guess yeah 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 ease into the uh the, the full-blown uh, craziness that will become data work summit as it starts to ramp up yeah i'm wondering if in the future this is going to happen more often that these things get joined together because hbase and phoenix they only have us uh, versions right they don't have europe versions as far as i know i don't yeah i think you probably I have, right. i haven't seen any let's call it that way so uh, maybe they'll completely get uh, joined together we'll see Anyway, after that, there's some meetups there. Always meetups are interesting, so take a look at that. We're not going to go over that ourselves, I think. Indeed. So let's go to Tuesday. Uh, it starts with keynotes, which I'm pretty sure isn't completely filled in yet, because at this point in time, it only has the uh, keynote from uh, Rob Bearden. Yeah. But I don't think it'll have, they'll have him talk for two hours straight. <laughs> no, no. I'm sure there will be other guests uh, coming in at the time, but no doubt yeah, it's being finalized as we speak. So we'll see that. And uh, yeah, also a little caveat for what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to do some picks of what I would be, uh, what I would go to, but that might not be the most interesting one because sometimes uh, I've already seen the most interesting one in Berlin. So I wouldn't go to that one again in uh, San Jose. So I might just pick another one. Fair enough. But I will do honorable mentions when that happens. All right. So in that case, first time slot, 11 a.m. 11 a.m. after the keynotes, everybody's awake. Nobody's uh, drunk yet. <laughs> you want to go uh, first? Or, uh... <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll go first. So um, for me, my particular pick for this was uh, how Discover utilizes NiFi and Kafka to ingest real-time data for operational applications and real-time analytics. And so we've got uh, Brent DeMar, who's a senior manager at Discover Financial Services. Um, a whole load of really interesting sounding stuff around NiFi and Spark and Kafka and, you know, their sort of, their journey from, you know, daily processing to hourly processing to, you know, near real time. So I think this one sounds sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like there's a nice bit, a nice kind of mix of the technology, the use case and the journey, which mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah. is kind of some of the most interesting bits. Um I do have an honourable mention uh, for this section, which is um, Procella, a fast, versatile SQL query engine uh, powering data at YouTube. Yet another SQL <laughs> engine. Uh, but I, this it's kind of an honourable mention, but it's also... I'm not really quite sure how this can be sort of adopted or used by anybody. Because if certainly if, if you... Uh, if you Google Procella and NSQL, there's I think there's you know f- four or five links <laughs> that come up across the whole of Google, and um, 
and one of which is the DataWorks Summit section. So it's it's something that I think has been, you know, internal for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, you know, it also seems to be working directly with the Google distributed file system Colossus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it sort of fits into the Google ecosystem, but I'm not quite sure how adaptable or usable it is kind of beyond that. So... I, it's probably not a session I would go to, but it's probably a session I might just check out afterwards on, yeah. on the YouTube section and, and kind of listen into. Yeah, for me, the value for these things would be apparently they found something lacking in the existing uh, offering, so they made something themselves. So let's look at what's lacking and see if it can be added to a Presto or a Hive or whatever you, you have out there. Yeah. But it is true also that uh, YouTube quite often starts building their own stuff on top, which breaks compatibility with the rest and then you end up with a lot of different little projects which then get cancelled again and it's actually something I'm going to get back at in one of my other sessions where another organization I know quite well does it differently mm-hmm. okay so what's what's your pick then uh, well my pick well obviously the one that everybody I think should go to is the Apache Hadoop Yarn State of the Union because that's the core part of Hadoop, but I've seen yeah. that one, so I'm not going to go to that one. But that's definitely, if you haven't seen this one yet, definitely take a look at that one. But I was picking the balancing data democratizing with comprehensive information governance, building data citizenship across data lakes. <laughs> Honorable mention for <laughs> longest title, although there's a lot of uh, con- con- contenders here. Yeah, uh, Basically, I took this one because uh, these days I'm having this discussion a lot with my customers. And I have yeah. okay, this governance things, how do I do this? And uh, this is Gardner. It's a technical session from Gardner, which is a bit of a contradiction. Because mm, as far as I know, we'll Gardner doesn't do... Exactly, we'll see. That's why I want to go there to see how a what I would expect to be a business organization will talk do a technical talk on this stuff. So it should give... A, I, I would expect a nice melding of the two worlds there, which is basically what I'm looking for. Fair enough. So that would be my first pick. Uh, other honorable mentions, because uh, yeah, as always, the the first slots have the most, uh, the hardest choice to make, because there's a lot of mm. uh, fun stuff in there. One title I want to mention, which I think is interesting: "No More Fighting with Teradata Square Grid Data Fabric." Blah blah. blah. Apparently, data, data, Teradata was fighting between Hadoop and data warehousing. I'm not sure, but anyway, they stopped fighting. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Give peace a chance. Exactly. <laughs> And the last one is uh, the Sherlock thing on top of Druid. That kind of uh, triggered me. Not enough to actually go there. And that's that, an what one. That's that a Yahoo was close. One. Yeah. But uh, Druid is getting more and more important. So that's uh, if, if the other ones get filled up too soon, for example, then I think that would be the one I would go for. Just to Fair see enough. what it is. Again, it's also more of a, a, a built-on-top layer on top of Druid. But uh, still seeing how you use Druid in production in, in an actual application makes uh, makes it more easy to understand for me how it works and I need. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Skipping the um, crash code on cybersecurity in Metron, of course. Definitely not. <laughs> the, uh, the, so I do have a, uh, I do have a slight uh, uh, scheduling clash here that uh, oh. I, I might reach out to the organizers to see if I can get resolved because, indeed, the uh, cybersecurity with Apache Metron crash course uh, runs from 11 o'clock, runs for two and a half hours. Uh, it's a hands-on session. Um all props to uh, Ward Becker, who's kind of driving it, and uh, Callan Dibby is um, working on that. And in fact, the majority of the uh, 
or a good chunk of the SME team for cybersecurity at Hortonworks are working together on putting together this this content. It should be a really really intense but really good two and a half hours. So lots of hands on stuff. You get a uh, an AMI at the end that you can kind of play with on your own at a later date. So should be really, really useful. Okay. Um, but it does, however, clash with my next pick, which is uh, <laughs> 11.50. And this is uh, scalable and adaptable typo squatting detection in Apache Metron. <laughs> um, session from uh, Casey Stella and uh, Michael Mikalovich. Um it's 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 a Casey session, so it'll be it'll be entertaining. There'll be a good chunk of data science in here as well, and it's Apache Metron. What's not to love? Yeah, I did kind of. Uh, that was actually one of my honorable mention for this session. It's not the one I was going to go to, but mm-hmm. I was wondering how you would do typo squatting detection in a, a solution like Metron. Is that for outgoing people and make sure that when they do a typo, you correct it before you send it on to the proxy server, or whatever? How how would that? Work? No, it's it's mainly to do with um, it's mainly to do with detection of when people are um, you know. It's one of the things that you will often see if people are sent um, phishing or spear phishing kind uh-huh. of emails where the, ah, the URLs in them will okay. be yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, slightly yeah. altered. So oh, you want yeah, to pick yeah. that up in proxy logs, okay. in emails as well, things like that. Just make sure that people, that the URLs get removed or something or the mail get blocked if it has a type of squatting stuff in there. Yeah, all okay. these kind Makes of sense. things. Makes sense. Okay, I was, I was wondering things. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's my pick. What's What's you? Uh, my pick is a very practical one because it's something uh, people... Well, let's say different, uh, differently. Some people will find this interesting. Other people will not find this interesting at all. And mm-hmm. that's the lessons learned migrating from IBM Beginsights to Hortonworks Data Platform. Nice. I think that if you're really using Beginsights, you will be transitioning. You All the information you can find is interesting, I think. Also, it's been given by the US Army, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, surprise for me to see an organization like that doing sessions. It's great. That's a surprise for me. There's a there's a number of those kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, of sessions by the armed force. I, exactly. I noticed a few of them actually yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was going through the agenda. So yeah, that's one. If I'm a if I'm in that crowd that has usefulness out of this, I would definitely go and see that one mm. and talk to the people and get some uh, connections with people that have gone through this. Apparently, because apparently it's a lessons learned thing, which means that they've mm. gone through this and they should be able to give you tips and tricks. Avoid this, don't do that, do this, and so on. So that's I think is a must do if you're in that uh, crowd. Uh, apart from that, if you haven't, if you're not in that crowd, then the What's New in Apache Hive. I've seen I've seen this one in, in Berlin. Definitely, you want to go to if you want if you're using Hive uh, very uh, very heavily. It's about uh, it's not about the materialized views. It's a different session about that, but it does give you more in, underneath information, let's say. But uh, the one I would go to is the adding structure to your streaming pipelines, moving from Star Spark streaming to structured streaming, because basically I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Then there's lunch. So there's lunch, <laughs> and then after that, so my next pick after that is 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 a bit strange, and I'm I think this is what the one that I would go to, but I'm I'm kind of going to it out of almost morbid curiosity. So the <laughs> the you. session that I'm going to uh, that I would go to is the curious yes. <laughs> case of data leak redemption. <laughs> it's a brilliant synopsis. I love the abstract. <laughs> 
Ah, I, I mean, how could you not with that abstract? I mean, I think we, obviously links to the, will be in the show notes for all of these. Um, uh, well, no, I'm not going to put all the links in the show notes. The links are on the agenda. So. Yeah, links, links for the for the agendas. Yeah, I would definitely recommend you go ahead and and click on this particular one. It's it's well worth looking at, and in fact, the as you say, the abstract alone. So it's a session by um, Shavinder Singh from Verizon, and uh, and I mean, yeah. What what else can you say? Well, I do have a little bit of criticism there that although it's a very interesting and mysterious abstract it's a very mysterious abstract which doesn't really tell me what it's going to talk about <laughs> i know i know but it's so yeah but yeah i mean it's a play on the curious case of benjamin button of course but uh, yeah it's uh yeah, I, I got that one on my list too as a bit honorable mention but i wasn't going to go to that one <laughs> what's your pick then uh i was going to go to scaling apache test to job processing at exabyte scale Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is dual. On the one hand, Apache Test is still something that's uh, growing and becoming more and more prevalent everywhere. It's also something that's going to come back in a, in a uh, session later on. So we're going to talk about that part yet. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I mean, Apache Test, it's so important. And there's still distributions out there that actually deliver Hive without Test. And indeed, that's I don't. Yeah, let's not go there. There, there are still distributions out there that are only just adding vectorization. Believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Well, let's not go there. But okay. uh, anyway, <laughs> I was going to go to that one just for the testing and because of the connection to the other session I'm going to talk about later. And I have an honorable mention about the software engineering practices for data science and machine learning lifecycle uh, from IBM, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, talk apparently about how you can make the flow work well in your organization because you have a lot of people touching this stuff you need to have some kind of workflow in place to have a nice machine running of doing your machine learning and putting it on and putting it onwards and in production and that's always Mm -hmm. hard to do and having a on the one hand i'm happy it's ibm because they do a lot with this stuff on the other hand i would have preferred it to be an actual end customer that does this because it's going to be a different way of looking at it but still i think i do think it'll have a lot of good information in there very good. Anything else? Uh, we'll be no. on to the next slot. Yep, next slot. Okay. So next slot for me is an architecture for federated yeah. data discovery and lineage over on-prem data sources and public cloud with Apache Atlas. Yeah, I forgot that as um, an honorable mention on my set. Yeah. So Barbara Ekman, Principal Data Architect at Comcast. Um, I think, you know, Atlas is very much a... Um, a technology of the moment, I think, with yep. you know GDPR and you know so many people seem to be putting uh, time and effort behind it right now. We we talked about IBM's um, direction in this you know, a number of times, especially following their announcements at the at the Berlin DataWorks Summit. And uh, so to hear how you know an organisation like Comcast is making use of it across both um, you know on-prem and public cloud, I think is going to be really interesting. Yeah, especially that hybrid model behind it, because uh, in the whole uh, whole ecosphere of governance and lineage, as far as I'm, I'm aware, there is no product that gives you this. Atlas also is not a product that gives you this. It's a tool, a little framework, if you like, with APIs and REST interfaces that allows you to build something across this. And if you're going to do this, I don't even see how you could make a product that does this correctly for every organization out there, because it's so... 
in, integrated with their workflows, their processes, their environments. Exactly, their, their data, their pro, uh, as you say, their their processes. You know, if everyone's going to be completely different, and providing a framework to to deliver something like that is going to be absolutely key and important. So, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, yep. Yeah, so Atlas, very interesting. Uh, but for me, I kind of went for a different track because, again, mm-hmm. Atlas. I've seen a lot about about it in Berlin as well. I was going to go for the ease of migration from Hadoop 2 to Hadoop 3 clusters. Because mm-hmm. that's one that's going to become very important in the next yeah. half year or so. Yeah. And it's a session that typically comes in uh, the San Jose version of the DataWorks Summit and doesn't really pop up in the other ones. So if you dare, I think it's a good one to, to go and look at. I have no idea how easy or hard it's going to be. When this comes uh, available on YouTube or as video, I will definitely look at this one. Because, yeah, well, it's uh, an important thing, right? Yeah, very much so. Apart from that, a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, this slot has the Hive at Materialized View session. So if you're doing a lot of uh, database stuff, I saw that one at Berlin. Definitely take a look at it because it's a very interesting, in-depth uh, talk on the Materialized View in Apache Hive, which is new with uh, Hive uh, 3.0 something. I think it's 3.0 mm-hmm. it comes in. And one other uh, honorable mention, because it's like a, oh my God, I didn't know that existed still. And that's the last one in that slot, which is enabling ABAC, I understand that one, with Accumulo and Ranger integration. Accumulo is back. It's been ages since I heard that one. Accumulo <laughs> never went away. If you're in, if you are in uh, US uh, government, yeah, yeah, yeah. Accumulo is all that exists. HBase is but a distant memory. Um if you're outside of that, then sure. <laughs> yeah, but that was different. About, about two or three years ago, Accumulo kind of did a bit of inroads in Europe. You kind of heard it come up here and there because it did have some security things that were wanted and missing in HBase. But it kind of was a little bump on the road and went away again. <laughs> so again, honorable mention, Accumulo. For us, it's not important because I'm in Europe. So for me, it's unimportant. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's still out there and apparently has Ranger integration now. Indeed. So, so yeah. any other any other mentions for no, you? No, no, no. Dave told me I couldn't do too many honorable mentions, so I'm really restricting I, myself here. I did, I did. Otherwise, Jon would just read out the entire agenda yeah, and we'd be here good. all day long. <laughs> and nobody needs that. So oh. moving on, moving on. Um, so now we're at the 4, 4 p.m. slot. And uh, so my choice here is actually the cloud storage put is the new rename, mm-hmm. open bracket, close bracket, um, which is uh, Steve Lochran and uh, Sanjay Radia, uh, both Hortonworks. And really, this is this is quite I think this is quite nice because you've got a mixture of um, content around which different object stores uh, Hadoop can work with. Um, it does seem to be a little bit um, AWS and S3 heavy, so I'm not at least on the um, mm-hmm. yeah. the sort of the listing, yeah, the, the abstract. I'm guessing that that's actually not how it's going to be playing out because, of course, we've got things like um, Ozone coming out. We've had ADLS support for some time as well, so um, I'm. Interesting. I mean, it does talk about enhancements and the Azure storage as well, but I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit wider. I think we're going to see all the diff- different kind of cloud and object stores kind of popping up here. So I think this could be quite quite useful. And I'm 
What I'm most interested in actually is the final sort of line item really on the uh, the section, which is actually securing your data. This is one thing that um, uh, actually the last two. So the, the last one is securing your data. The one just before that is uh, where the metaphor breaks down and things to avoid. So as always, uh, lessons, lessons learned on this is going to be the most interesting thing because it's still something um, sort of relatively... Um, you know, relatively new to many people, many organizations, I think. Yeah, this is one of the sessions that was on my shortlist for Berlin. I don't think I actually went to it, but it's one of my, uh, I have to view this one when it comes online. Mm. And uh, it also talks about Azure storage in there, so it does go, go across the whole uh, thing. But it's more of a high-level thing because an object store is different than a file system. And there are yeah. things to, to, to change and ports and rename. The very simple uh, thing he's, in the title there is, if you just rename a file on your file system, that's instantaneous. On an object store, it's copying the file. Mm-hmm. And that has huge impacts, of course. So yeah, definitely, if you're doing anything with uh, blob stores, yep. uh, have, a, have a listen to this one. It's Again, for me, it was a short list, but I didn't went to the session because I don't really see the advantage of being there in person because it's something I want to be able to grok at my leisure while I'm watching and pausing the video. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's fair uh, enough. Assuming that's going to be quite technical. So I kind of didn't go for that one. And actually, this was the first slot that I had a bit of a trouble finding something that I actually wanted to to go to because, again, this one had was already on my shortlist to list to, to watch on the, on YouTube. And I actually went for big data democratization with scale. And basically because I couldn't really find anything else that I much liked. It's one from eBay. And eBay usually gives you good sessions. And it's the only one from eBay as far as I can remember. Let me check, check my little dashboard if eBay has more than one. No, just the one session. Which is strange because eBay used to be very prevalent prevalent on all these, session, on all these uh, events. So, uh, yeah, having a pop-up with this, they have a big ecosystem, a lot of uh, a big uh, cluster there, a big environment there. So anything that they can tell is usually interesting. That's mm-hmm. basically why I uh, went for that one. Apart from that, yeah, I mean, none of them are not interesting. It's just that none of them really pops out for me. Fair enough. Okay, so next slot, we're now at... Uh, 1650 and indeed so i went for how big data and ai saved the day uh critical ip almost walked out the door Mm -hmm. Uh, i take it it means like intellectual property not internet protocol uh (laughs) and this is uh although i guess it could be a bit of both um so this is a session by roy wilds of intercept so it's a cybersecurity session Mm -hmm. um always interesting to see what's happening in the cybersecurity space and uh, I'm looking forward to this. should be pretty interesting. Um, I do actually, however, have uh, an honorable mention, um, which is uh, driving enterprise adoption, uh, tragedies, triumph, triumphs, and our next, which is uh, by Standard Bank and uh, two people I know uh, quite well, Crystal uh, Sampson and Zakira Mohammed. Um, both from Standard Bank presenting this, um, and it's it's this should be a really really good session because Standard Bank have made some some quite impressive um, sort of uh, changes 
that have really revolutionized what the bank's been able to do and big data has been a huge part of that mm-hmm. and they they go through a lot of their you know a lot of their journey and it's not just purely about the tech but it's uh, things like encouraging multi-tenancy it's things like um, you know prioritization of use cases um, you know building a data lake not a swamp you know how to deal with the the skills gap it's, it covers so many different uh, different areas that I think this this will be a really really great session yeah yeah your first session the AI saving the day that was my short list but it's a business session and those always lose if I find a technical session that I like better <laughs> that's just me <laughs> Uh, I kind of chose the Druid and Hive together interactive real-time analytics at scale because, again, Druid and Hive, uh, I think, is a game-changer. I need to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, bit sad it's a Hortonworks session. Not because Hortonworks sessions are bad, not at all. But I'm still looking for Druid Hive stories from actual people that are actually using it, customers that are mm-hmm. using it. Because yeah. uh, I think I've seen enough of the theory and the, the idea behind it. I kind of want to see now the lessons learned, what works, doesn't work, how you do this best, stuff like that. Yeah. Which, I'm still, yeah. which is still missing, I think. It's still very new, of course. It's only really going to be production ready let's say when the Hadoop 3 uh, distribution comes out yep. so it's going to take a bit of a while to, to make this happen but well maybe for the next uh, Databook Summit in uh, I don't know APAC I guess and with that we're at the end of uh, end of Tuesday and we're off into Wednesday <sighs> so have a good night's sleep not a lot of uh, partying because there's a lot of sessions going on again <laughs> keynotes oh, there's some more keynote information there when I prepared this yesterday the keynote was still empty <laughs> now yeah. there's three things in there still missing a fourth one probably because typically they have four things there but uh, let's skip over those and first session uh, I would go for what's new in At- Apache Atlas 1.0 Okay. Uh, thing you already alluded to, Atlas, it's uh, really coming up at the moment again. Uh, 1.0, it's a 1.0 release, which means it's buggy as hell. No, which means it's it's finally mature and should give you a nice, uh, at least a nice direction or a nice view of the direction it's going into. Is it going to stay purely REST API? Is it going to be more of a GUI thing? Is it going to be a product? Is going to be a service, a framework? That should all be crystallized out now. Yeah. So that's, uh, for me, a good session to just see, okay, what do we have and where do we go from here? Fair enough. Honorable um, mention, maybe quickly, if you haven't seen anything about Ozone yet, the Ozone Scaling HGFS Transitive Objects is definitely one to go to. I did that one at uh, Berlin, so definitely one to go to if you haven't seen that yet. And uh, also you mentioned it before as part of the uh, ESET uh, session, I think, but there's one here called Cloud Security and Hadoop, which is, mm. uh, yeah, for me as a cloud expert, uh, yeah. <laughs> important indeed indeed all right my pick here is uh my my old good old friend at uh telefonica (laughs) and this is uh see i told you telcos were very prominently mentioned here um so this is uh building a big data ecosystem for b2b companies to foster digital transformation so this is phil doughty um uh, from telefonica so this I think this one should be particularly interesting because they're talking about things like um, delivering big data applications to actually other vertical industries mm-hmm. as a as a service mode, um, and it's it's also a collaboration. 
essentially a collaboration between Huawei and Telefonica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I think, could be pretty good. I'm quite yeah. looking forward to it. Could be a good integration story. Mm. I mean, two huge Indeed. companies have to work together. Yeah. And data, well, it's it's currency, but uh, you need to have exchange rates. Very true. Very true. Okay, moving on. Indeed, moving on. Uh, oh yeah, this is the first one I found on GDPR, so that's my pink, my pick, sorry, GDPR compliance at scale, a LinkedIn story, and two reasons for that. Uh, one, GDPR, you haven't done anything yeah. with it yet, we have to go to this. And two, LinkedIn story, LinkedIn is now a Microsoft company, so I know a little bit of what's uh, happening behind the scenes here as well, and I think uh, this is going to be interesting. I, I, this was it was very very close actually because I the the thought of the huge variety of data that that LinkedIn mm-hmm. must have on its its uh, let's say let's call them audience. Um, I think that their GDPR story must be amazing. So mm-hmm. it was it was very it's a close call for me on that one. So I think that one should be good. Uh, honorable mentions for me is if you're doing a lot of Spark, then what's your Apache Spark 2.3, of course, is a non issue and a non, uh, how do you call it? Not, it's a definite choice. Mm-hmm. Given by Databricks, that should be good. And I had another mention uh, oh, rich, rich placement constraints. Who said Yarn cannot schedule services? Which is actually by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So that's also also good, and uh, I have to look at it again. Yeah, it's about of the it's about the new uh, functionality within Yarn to do things like uh, FPGA, GPU allocation, things like that. So oh, if you're nice. into the whole uh, deep learning stuff, this is not about deep learning, but more about how the underlying Hadoop thing can actually work with uh, uh, the, the top layer products. Let's say so. I talk about uh, deep learning, high Spark, HBase. It's all in there. So maybe a bit much. Uh, to put in one session there but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean I don't have to go there because it's a Microsoft uh, stock so I can get it internally <laughs> but uh, if you're one of the people that is actually maintaining your environment and looking at how it should grow in size then I think this is a good session to get more in- insight in how Yarn actually works on the cover Fair enough, okay So moving forward uh, Yep, good for me all right, so 11.50 now, and uh, my pick, uh, no surprise no. to anybody that's following along with us, I'm sure. You're already doing is... 11.50, by the way. My stuff was all 11.50. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so <laughs> my session, my pick was just the sketch, advanced streaming analytics in Apache Metro. You have to like do something else from time session. to time. No, wh- why do anything else when it's going to be so good? So yeah, I really just uh, th- this is sort of primarily focused around the the profiler and being able to kind of do that kind of that whole statistical baselining set existence and cardinality okay. in a real time stream, which is very very cool and one of the, the most interesting parts of Metron. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you're not giving it. No, no, Casey will Casey will deliver it in far more depth than I would. So uh, I'm very happy with that. All right. Any honorable mentions on. for you? Or, okay, moving no. on. Yeah, for me, it's also getting a bit uh, leaner pickings now. Uh, so for 2 p.m., that's the next slot. I had big deep learning frameworks, a differentiating fact. Uh, sorry, differentiating factors. Uh, it's a session from Google. 
mm-hmm. by Jeremy Nixon, who I don't really know myself. But uh, basically, uh, the abstract talks about uh, comparing all of the different de- deep learning frameworks out there. There are quite a few now, PyTorch, Cafe, MXNet, CNTK, Tiano, TensorFlow, and a long tail of minor frameworks. And one of, just like a machine learning in deep learning, one of the biggest questions you have when you start with another project is, okay, which of these frameworks I'm going to start with? And while the machine learning is quite easy to move from one to the other, you can, that's not a big waste of time if you start with the wrong one, let's say. In a deep learning, they're not as easily interchangeable. So having a bit of a, an idea of what certain things are good for is definitely a good thing, because I know TensorFlow, CNTK, the ones I know the best, if you're looking at certain deep learning uh, problems, you will normally intuitively go for one or the other, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He's also talking about the abstraction layers above it, things like Keras, uh, which allows you to still move things around a little bit under the covers by having an abstraction layer on top of it. And uh, was he also going to talk about Onyx? Uh, no, apparently not. That's the one thing I'm missing then. Because uh, ONNX is a new uh, serialization format where you can uh, put your models back into uh, a serialized format to interchange it between production and development and stuff like that. And that's the one thing I am missing here to see, okay, once I have these things built, I haven't made a choice. I've got my, what's the next step? And for me, the choice of what framework to use is also dependent on how you will actually be using it in production afterwards. Yeah. So that's the one part I'm maybe missing here, but maybe it's in the in the talk and it's just not in the abstract. Yeah, it could be, could be. What's your pick? My pick is leveraging Hadoop to defend against improvised threats. Um, so this is uh, another joint joint session. I mentioned there were a few kind of uh, um, sort of U.S. government related sec- uh, sessions, and this is this is another one of those. So this is. Uh, delivered by the uh, Chief Technology Officer, the CTO of the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, uh, also Joint Improvised Threat Defeat Organization, JIDO, uh, Leonel Garcia, and uh, co-presenting with Henry Sowell of, of Hortonworks. Um, and this is uh, essentially, it's a, it's another cybersecurity, although this seems to be more focused around um, some sort of some leveraging of the underlying platform and some kind of self-developed um, sort of components. But the story um, is is what I'm really interested to hear about because uh, they talk about a 35% drop in development costs and acceleration in time to deployment. So it's, uh, it's it sounds like a great story and looking forward to it. How should I understand this improvised threats? Um. So it's well against threats, cybersecurity threats that are um, it's not well known. I would guess was not, would be another way of putting it. It's not about synthetic attacks. No, no. It's just non. I mean, it's more of a not professionally or uh, from I don't know countries against countries, but more. Well, um, no, it's it's not so much that it's. Um, it's more focused around um, less well-known attacks. So it's not kind of, it's not the obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. It's more of the unknown unknowns. Okay. Yeah, because it's part of their acronym, the Joint Improvised Threat Defeat Organization, the GDO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a term I haven't really come across yet, so I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good picks. Over to you. Moving on to 1450. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've got a choice and an honorable mention. The choice is overcoming the AI hype, what enterprises should really focus on. There's hype around AI? Surely not. <laughs> yeah, this is one session that's uh, maybe long awaited for. Uh, it should have happened earlier, I guess, because a lot of my discussions, at least the first sessions I have with customers, are diffusing all of the dreams and uh, air castles <laughs> that have been Oh, you, you mean that you, you spend most of your first meeting kind of destroying all of their hopes and dreams? Yes, disillusion really goes bad. <laughs> it's, it's a, those are very hard uh, discussions because you still want them to go on with what they're trying to do because probably what they're trying to do is very, very good. It's very useful. But you kind of have to pop the balloon of the magic surrounding the AI. And um, yeah, it's a session by Hortonworks, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the the abstract doesn't really go into much depth because, of course, it will give you the whole session at that point. (laughs) But I'm kind of hoping that this is something I can actually reuse in my uh, day-to-day work. So uh, to to, to not have to be the bearer of bad news, but just tell people like, hey, this other guy told this. (laughs) I can just repeat it (laughs) and give uh, Robert all the blame there. Sorry, Robert. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I had an honorable mention here, and I know I lost. Oh, yeah, managing enterprise users in the Hadoop ecosystems uh, also looks like an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, so my pick is a machine learning data science pipeline for real companies, mm-hmm. as opposed to imaginary companies, of course, that would have yes. a very different data science pipeline. Um, but this is a sec- session by Ray Harrison uh, of Comcast Cable. Um, see, told you more talco. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think this this could be this could be a really really useful session. I think because um, Comcast is known for doing these things at some fairly significant scale, should we say? Um, so building that kind of that data science uh, or ML and data science pipeline, they talk about um, some of the challenges they've had, some of the strategies, and uh, and. You know their their comments around real companies are basically it's a little bit of a dig at the kind of the web the giant web properties like Google and Facebook and Amazon uh, who can do certain things just because they are at that sort of scale. But for a normal company, like what can you actually do that that still makes sense that can, you can use? You know your customers and business partners can use um, rather than kind of. Having having all of the the glory of the Silicon Valley to throw at things, so I think this this should be really useful. Yeah, it's something I alluded to before as well. I mean, having not just the demos and the 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 the, the pie in the sky, the, the air castle things. That's the possibilities, the hype around it, having a real company, a real application, and all the limitations yeah. that are inherent to that. That's uh, still, after all these years, even though Hadoop has died and revived a couple of times already, allegedly, <laughs> uh, it's still a lot of. Uh, yeah, puncturing the high balloons from time to time and make sure that yep. hey, in the real situations there are realities you have to just adhere to. There's no choice. No. Indeed. Good choice. Moving on. Moving on, moving on. Uh, so we're at uh, 1400? We are. 1600, sorry. 1600 even. 4 p.m. 1600. Uh, I'm going petrol. ExxonMobil's journey to unleash time series data with open source technology. And the reason for that is very selfish. I've been dealing with some uh, time series problems lately, and I want to know how big people are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it was that that session was actually um, close close to being my pick, um, but I particularly went for um, GDPR compliance deep dive into the Uber journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mohammed Islam from Uber. 
Um, we we talked a little bit earlier when we were talking about uh, LinkedIn and and their Uber, their sorry, their uh, GDPR story. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I think this is one of the a, a similar sort of thing in that again the scale of personal uh, or PII data that you mm-hmm. know an organisation like Uber will have. You know, journeys, location data, you know, payment information, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think their GDPR story again should be pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, definitely. Also, there's a bit of controversy, of course, because Uber has been. Uh, I think it's proven now that they've kind of abused some of the data they had. So uh, they really need to have a good GDPR compliance strategy yeah. here because they will get. Uh, they have a magnifying glass on top of them. So oh yeah, make sure very much so. Well. Yeah, that was a second, secondary pick for me, possibly. But I already had GDPR for the earlier sessions, so I wasn't skip this one. <laughs> Too much GDPR is bad for you. <laughs> certainly give you indigestion. <laughs> yeah, don't you just swallow. Uh, on to 440. Sorry, 1640. I, so. I keep saying four. Yeah, 440 works, actually. Um, I'm going to go to real-time freight visibility, how TMW systems use NIFI and SAM to create sub-second transportation visibility. Another one of those very short and snippy uh, titles. And, yep, it's a typical uh, NIFI streaming use case. Uh, I haven't heard this one yet. So basically that's why I took it. Um, so the, the abstract reads like an interesting talk. Um, not sure if it's going to be totally new, but it's, I'm hoping to see something a little bit more, uh, how do you say it, is polished perhaps? Not a mm-hmm. uh, uh, duct tape solution, but more of a nice finished uh, uh, productionized system they have there. Uh, they've got Nafi and Sam in the uh, title. Sam probably being, uh, I'm assuming, is the stream analytics uh, manager, I think it's called. I believe from, so. Uh, it's a Hortonworks uh, piece of uh, software there, which, again, makes me believe this is a finished product, which can also be used as a, a yeah, reference use case or something like that. So mm-hmm. if you're doing stuff with real-time stuff, it's a logistics use case. I think it's interesting enough. Nice, nice. So my pick is network planning automation using a modern big data platform. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, session. Another telco. <laughs> yeah, another telco. Another <laughs> Cox Communications this time. Um, Chatiana Vamasetti. Apologies if I butchered the name. And Kyle Cooper. Much easier to pronounce. Um, I have to say, I think the uh, the abstract for this session is the most detailed and the most well-structured I've seen in a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, just looking at it now, it looks like the slide layout. <laughs> it does, it does. In fact, you can you can imagine this being broken up into the, the sort of, you know, 14 or 15 slides or whatever. But I... You know, I just think it'll be it'll be Cox um, have had some interesting use cases. I know a little bit about some of the stuff they've done previously, and uh, I know that kind of network planning and also network decommissioning has been a, a massive part of of some of the value they've got from their big data platform. So, really, kind of interesting to see what they've been doing here. I got one, well, I'm not going to call it an honorable mention, but a mention, which is mm-hmm. the Detect Real-Time Marketing Manipulation and Decentralized Cryptocurrency Exchanges. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a session by MapR. And, and not because I was going to go there, but basically this is the this is how I see blockchain and cryptocurrency actually being part of big data. You need big data to actually detect stuff in this thing. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's a source enough. of a lot of data. 
fair enough. But interesting though right? that my power is leaving this session because it yeah. doesn't really look like something that they're actually working with. But uh, oh. time will tell. So I actually, I also have an honourable mention, um, but it's more of a um, a slightly sarcastic honourable mention, like mine. which which is. Um, <laughs> The, the session is titled How to Use Flash Drives with Apache Hadoop 3.x, Real-World Use Cases and Proof Points, Better Results, Better Economics. And yeah, I the saw problem that. Is that. The problem is that I read it and I thought, what? why would you be using USB <laughs> flash drives with Hadoop? That doesn't make sense. Unless you're building a Raspberry Pi cluster. And don't get, John, don't get Jon started about that, because otherwise he'll talk to you about uh, Raspberry Pi Hadoop. Um, Listeners, if you want to have a session about self-built no, mini clusters for Hadoop, nobody, let us know, because they don't let me do that. that. Anyway, um, actually, if you read the abstract, he's talking far more sensibly about using SSDs integrated into Hadoop and, and how this can, yeah, and how this can kind of significantly benefit uh, an overall architecture, which makes far more sense. I just think the the title of the session is <laughs> terrible. Um, uh, yeah, but that's more of you being non-educated, and that flash drive immediately makes you think of USB drive. No, no, it should say <laughs> SSD. It should say uh, it's solid not, state because it's NVMe, and an SSD is a SATA connector, and NVMe's are better than that, because that's no, no, it's text. not. It's not. NVMe is just a, it's a subset. It's still a solid-state drive. Uh, yeah, but the, connector is the, the, the connector is a big, a big difference. Anyway, the reason that I wouldn't go for this one is because I'm afraid, because it's a session given by Micron and Hortonworks, and while I believe Hortonworks will do their best, Micron is a vendor of this stuff, so I'm a bit afraid of the how much marketing is this going to be. So well, we'll see. We'll it's one see. for the YouTube view afterwards. For me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But uh, I'm actually going to reach out and see if I can get them to change the title because I think it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> see, don't just complain. Do something about it. Yeah, exactly. If you don't like, if you don't like the way the world is, then reach change out and just change it. Well, change starts with yourself. Indeed. Okay, so indeed. far for the public uh, health announcements. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, moving on. Thursday. Well, Thursday, the second, the third day, half a day only. Starts early in the morning. No keynote sessions here. It does start with the Expo Theater, which is also not very good name, I think. But anyway, first session I've picked, and this is now digging a bit down in my notes. Oh yeah, uh, Yarn Federation taming a beastly fleet. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, a beastly fleet with global optimizations. And that's actually a Microsoft one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yep, there it is. It's a Microsoft uh, session. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, this is talking about federated clusters with a kind of federated yarn on top of it, which is a thing I haven't seen before. I haven't really looked at before. I can see the use case for it. I can see why you want it. And yeah, it just looks like an interesting session. And considering it's uh, from Microsoft and I haven't heard from it yet, uh, I'm curious. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, my pick is data sketch-based aggregations and windowing in a streaming query system. Um, this is, uh, we talked earlier about there being a session from Yahoo, even though Yahoo don't exist. Um, and this is one of those sessions. Um, but this is around a project called Bullet, which I've never heard of before. Yeah, and um, it, it's kind of, it looks quite interesting because it does very similar things to the way that um, we use the profiler within, uh, within Metron. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, what they do and how they do it and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. 
Okay. That's it for me. Uh, next slot, almost getting to the end there. That's the 1020 slot. It is. Yep. And I've got Saving the Elephant and Now, Not Later. And basically, a bit of a hard choice here. Not anything that really jumped out to me. But we've been talking about the demise of uh, Hadoop so often that Saving the Elephant, Now, or Not Later session must be interesting. Fair enough. <laughs> I went for responsive market intelligence and customer service, the prescriptive organization. And yes, it's another telco. So this is um, Chris Dingle from Rogers Communication this time. And um, so this is you know very much focused around a variety of different use cases um, that they've implemented using you know amongst other things you know NiFi and their and their core Hadoop platform also making some heavy use of SaaS by the looks of things as well mm. so yeah really quite looking forward to this okay moving on indeed moving on 11.30 uh, yeah a bit of a better selection for me um I've uh, got honorable mentions for the GDPR session here, GDPR compliance application architecture and implementing <sighs> using Hadoop and streaming. Uh, GDPR, again, important. So if you're in that uh, space, definitely go and look that up. But the one I'm checking, I'm going to go for, or would go for, is lightweighted HDFS disaster recovery from Intel, which piqued my interest because uh, they're actually going to be talking about a disaster recovery solution for HDFS, not based on this CP, because in their words, this CP has some... Um, less than optimal uh, things you have to take into account. It's kind of a, a, a heavy approach of doing it. And apparently it has something different that makes it lightweight and easy and everything. But if I read through the abstract, it sounds like a very complicated, convoluted thing that they've built. So apparently I'm missing something and I want to go to the session to see what I miss. Fair enough. Okay. 11.30. My pick is cybersecurity threat hunting with Apache Zeppelin. And uh, this is by Daniel Scarberry from Cognita. Um, and he's making use of Zeppelin for kind of digging into uh, data coming from uh, Bro in this case, which is um, kind of an intrusion detection system, but can also be used for things like deep packet inspection. So you can use that to kind of pull in data from network taps and generate huge amounts of stuff that you can then fiddle and poke and prod about with uh, with Zeppelin and Spark. So. He, he looks like he's got quite an interesting background. Um, so I think this should be, he's, he's obviously been very hands-on in the cybersecurity space for quite a while. So I think this could be a very, very interesting session. Yeah, and if I understand correctly, this isn't going to be a, a uh, detecting streamings, uh, streaming data, doing detection on that, but more of a, once you have data coming in, you have data in data lake, how can you can go into that data and find uh, stuff, right? It's more of a, yeah, it's yeah. more of a kind of threat hunting. You know, once you've got, once you've, yeah, yeah, once you've got the data in place. Yeah, yeah. it's a different way of. Uh, that's why I stopped with Metron, right? Because Metron is real time. Well, so Metron is real time, but Metron <laughs> Metron's about putting the data in place. So it's about enriching the data and providing all those metrics, so that when you start investigating the data, you've got more of a complete picture of it. See, so I know how to trigger you. It's all of these. And see, yet you triggering me gets me talking more about Metron, which I know drives you crazy. So it works for me. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. If you talk, I don't have to talk, so it's easy for me. Fair enough. 
Moving on, moving on. Yeah, final session of this summit, uh, the twelve twenty slot, and I have uh, oh data processing at the speed of one hundred gigabits per second at Apache Crail incubating. Uh, main reason I went for that one is because I have never heard of Apache Crail. It's something new. The stuff in uh, hardware, software. It's from IBM. Uh, they've got NVMEs in there and flash drives in there. See, this is a good title. Using uh, still talking about flash devices. <laughs> so it's a new product, and apparently they're looking for a community to build a community. So I like the fact that they're going to uh, um, an event like this to give give us some publicity and see if they can find people interested to 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 work on this uh, common common spirits, I guess. So uh, that would be something I would like to know more about. Because again, Fair speed enough. is something that's very important. Because at the moment, I think definitely in the cloud environment, your I/O is the limit. Because the size of your of your storage definitely in the cloud is pretty much yeah inexhaustible. Compute CPUs are available as much as you want to. We got FPGAs and GPUs coming in there as well. So all of that part is getting better and better. But your networking gets more and more of the bottleneck here with not just the total bandwidth, but also latencies involved. And this apparently yeah. is something that is looking at that part of it. So uh, it might be something that gets very, very important in the next couple of years. And as we move to an ever more kind of real-time and, and streaming kind of focus, yeah, it's exactly. it's only going to get more and more important. So no, In the hybrid a, world, having stuff yeah. on-prem and in cloud, they need to interact with each other. Yeah. And I know that uh, in Azure we're trying to do stuff with uh, InfiniBand, mm-hmm. which does make things faster, but it's a huge uh, cost involved and yeah. uh, not that easy to to secure because uh, direct memory access, yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to give up yeah. something. I mean, it, but, it's uh, always, oh, InfiniBand has always been things that you know various organizations have thrown at the, the problem, you know, Teradata's... Um, Hadoop appliance is InfiniBand based um, for a variety of reasons, but it, it's it's always been relatively niche, I would say, compared to the uh, the broader kind of sort uh, of deployed. It's, it's the Russian approach, right? It's uh, if it if it's not fast enough, throw a bigger thing at it. So it's not horizontal <laughs> but vertical scaling. Yeah. And sometimes it's the the only thing you can do because technology hasn't arrived at the point you need it yet. So just adding more expensive equipment solves a problem for a while, but then it still needs to grow further and you get the bottleneck yeah. that it just gets too 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 cumbersome to, to do it that way. Yeah. So agreed. this looks like a I'm not sure where it's gonna go. Again it's a new uh, new incubating Apache project. So um, it's always good to see new projects happening. So uh, that's what it's yeah. nice. What's your final pick? My final pick is AI enabled smart transportation at city scale. Mm. Um, so this is, uh, we've got uh, two presenters here, uh, Yang Chang and Yang Chang, apparently. Um, <laughs> one chief technology officer and one chief data scientist, both from Asia Info. Um, yeah, with identical names, uh, which I think is a typo because looking at the abstract, it would seem that they actually do have different names. Anyway. But this looks like they're they're sort of talking about um, smart cities style deployment, and they have got a couple of um, areas that they're focusing around, and AI and IoT and connected vehicles, and um, specifically seem to be one of the areas of focus seems to be around uh, mitigating traffic congestion. So I think this anything around. Um, Anything around smart cities is 
particularly of the moment right now. And there's a lot of smart cities programs in the relatively early stages of their uh, of their deployment. So I think this could be very, very useful. Yeah, I mean, being flippant about it, I mean, I was wondering how much AI do you need when you're just standing still all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I think the aim is to make sure that you're not standing still all the time, but... Uh, yeah, see the, listen I and find out. <laughs> right. And with that, I think that's, that's, our, that's our agenda all mapped yeah. out. And we spent about, yeah, just over an hour talking on it. There we go. So almost as much as two sessions <laughs> Yep, pretty much. But uh, I think, it, again, I mean, by all means, take a look at the, the dashboard to uh, give give an idea of the just the sheer scale, really. Yeah, of, the variety is huge. Yeah. I mean, variety of presenters, variety of sessions, just the, the number of different organizations represented. Um, you know, Hortonworks is, is sort of um, down to... How many is it? 43 out of the uh, 151 sessions at the yeah, moment? Yeah, 20%. Yeah, so, you know, the the majority of the sessions are coming from, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. wide range of organizations. And it's not just the variety of the presenters, but the variety of topics being covered. I mean, we didn't go into every single honorable mention, but certainly uh, when I was going through the agenda, there were multiple times I thought, wow, that actually, that, that could be a really good session. I, I will look forward to catching up with that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Also, if you're going to go to the to the, to the conference, do your homework before. Because in the early days, you could go to your convention and say, okay, what's in the next slot? Let's do this one. Uh, you really have to do a bit of homework now to make sure you get the best out of it. Yeah. But the other thing to, the other thing to emphasize is use the conference app as well, the DataWorks Summit app. Uh, because... You know, we're reviewing this on uh, on the 18th of May. Uh, these things will change, will shuffle around. New sessions will get added. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sessions may even vanish. So, you know, by all means, make your picks now. But actually, on the day, and in fact, at the start of each session, you know, hopefully you'll have gone in and you'll have starred all the ones you're interested in. So that should make the process a lot smoother for you. But you will need to take a look just ahead, you know, just refresh it ahead of each of each of the session slots just to make sure that it all still lines up with what you're expecting. But yeah, it looks like a really good event. And pre-select more than one because sometimes these certain sessions do fill up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to yeah. run I out mean, of a session early because then you miss a Q&A. Yeah. So to, be f- to be fair, though, I haven't, I haven't actually experienced that since, uh, was it two years ago when the European summits? I haven't, I haven't actually experienced that at any of the US summits. So it's okay. usually the sizing's a lot better there. Okay. Yeah, Berlin also. So I hadn't haven't seen it in Berlin either. So maybe yeah, yeah. Past, I think it was still maybe. be prepared. Yeah, be well. Be prepared. Get a decent seat. You know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, all those kind of things still apply. And mm. uh, yeah, looks like a great event. And uh, I look forward to being there. Yeah, congratulations again to our winner of our free ticket. I hope he has a lot of fun there and he talks, to, comes and tells us about what he has done there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, one last shout-out from a little dashboard. If there's anything on there that you see is wrong, let me know. If you just want me to add anything, let me know. I'm happy to uh, take requests. No problem there. And with that, unless you have anything else to add? Nothing else from me. 
then that is all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this serving of bite-sized big data. We will be, be we will, uh, I will learn to speak, and I will be back next week with a new episode, as will be Dave. Until then, please go to www.roaringalpha.org where you can find more information, including a feedback form. You can also follow us on Twitter using the Hadoopcast tag and contact us by email to podcast at roaringalpha.org. Send us any thoughts, comments, criticisms, and other feedback. Until next week, my name is John. And my name is Dave. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye. See you then.